Good morning. Welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song. Thank you. 
Lord, we come to you today, just lay our lives at your feet. I just pray, God, that as we're here today, that we would come to meet you. We would anticipate meeting you, Jesus. And that, Lord, that as you're here, Lord, and through the music, all of us singing together, and Lord, through the sermon today and our tithes and offerings, I just pray, Lord, that you would be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
may be seated. The name of the song is Do It Again. Why do you think that we were singing and praying that God would do it again? Well, the reason is because of my sinfulness, your sinfulness, the sinfulness in this world. We keep, you know, when God tells us to go this way, we go that way, and that's called sin. And we keep doing it again and again and again. So what we need to counteract that, to, to uh, deal with that, is God to come with grace and mercy and forgiveness and to bring it to people like you and me. We need that grace to deal with our, our specific sin and the consequence of that sin would be separation from God forever. And God didn't want that. So he pursues people like you and me with his love. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we come to you this morning and, and we do confess that, yes, it's my sin, it's our sin, it's our rebellion. We go our own way, we do our own thing. And then to top it off, we live in a world where sin is so prevalent. We've been hurt by others. We've been betrayed. And this mound of sin seems so insurmountable, but not to you. With the act of mercy and love, you pursued this world and the people who make up this world. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, because of that love, it moved you to send your Son and in his life, his death, his resurrection, you have brought what we desperately need. Forgiveness. Hope. Peace. And we ask now that your Holy Spirit would be sent in such a powerful way that we would live in that forgiveness. And that your grace and mercy, your forgiveness would be evident in how we, how we act. And how we interact with people. And so thank you. Thank you for reaching out to this world. Thank you for reaching out to me and to us. Thank you for changing our lives. 
Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'll just say this. There is nothing like Jesus Christ and all that he's done. And to have a personal relationship with him, to know that he keeps pursuing us, keeps coming after us, even when we stray. Nothing like it. And I hope you know who that Jesus is personally. Well, as we uh, continue, just a couple things just to um, let you know. Uh, I noticed we have some guests here today. Thank you for coming. We are so glad you're here. Uh, we'd like to get to know you. And one of the ways in which we're doing that now is by you texting 1C guest to uh, 94,000. So if you would do that, it starts the communication back and forth. Um, you can ask your questions. We can give you some information. So again, 1C guest to 94,000. Also, in a little bit of uh, time, a little later in the service, we'll be having our prayer time, and we include your prayers. And so if you're sitting here, you're thinking, boy, I have this to be thankful for, or I have this concern on my heart, um, what do I do with it? Well, you can um, send a text to 402-242-5051, and it'll be in our prayer time today and then throughout this week. So feel free to take time to do that. And again, if you are on Facebook Live, you can send it also on the comments section as you're watching, and we'll fold that into our prayer time too. And then uh, just a, a, a one last comment. God has blessed you and me with gifts and blessings, and he loves it when we say thank you. And I'll just say, you coming to worship today is saying thank you to God. So I'm really glad you're here. When you use your gifts and abilities, your talents, to help other people, that's another way to say thank you to God. When you give of your, your dollars as well, when you sit back and say, God, okay, how do I show my thankfulness to you? Um, and as he leads you, whenever you give of whatever he's given you is a way to say thank you. So... There's some ways to do that. Uh, we have, uh, in this COVID world, digital ways. So you could text, you could online give, you could go to the Church Center app, you can mail it. Uh, we have a box out there. Just as the Lord moves you, uh, we ask that you would give faithfully. And then don't forget, in just a little while, we're going to be having communion. And on the way in, in the family um, gathering space by one of the kitchen windows, the elements for communion can be picked up. So if you didn't get them before the service, you can make your way over there during this next song so that you can have these for a little bit later when we celebrate the presence of Jesus in our life. Again, all of these, these are just ways in which we can worship our God and celebrate his goodness. Amen. hurt so much but you're here 
We pray, Lord, as that song stated, we ask you to steady our heart um, as we gather now to look into your word, to, to drink deeply from your word. May your spirit be sent in a mighty way. May we understand more fully who you are, how you love, and then the desires you have for your people. Oh, Lord, give us the faith to believe and to live as your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, uh, we continue with the theme spirit-driven, and I would like for you to ignore this, because on Thursday, I, I was going towards this theme to be missionaries, but God put something else on my heart. So I'm going to go a different direction, so hang with me. Uh, part of it was I, I remembered a story. This goes back, I think, 20 years ago. I'm not sure exactly how long, but it was a conference that I had gone to, and uh, one of the parts of the conference was to talk to, quote, us pastors and uh, how we can be better at our homes. And um, sometimes pastors can have this issue of working lots of hours and being gone a lot, and maybe you can relate in your world as well. So we were sitting there, and the conference speaker said this, and maybe you know the statistic, but somewhere between 70, and I think it's closer to 93%, of our communication is nonverbal. So think about that. On the high end of it, only 7% is verbal. So much of what we say is in our actions in our behavior. And so after they presented that bit of material, they said, I, we want you to think a little bit about some of your actions and behavior with family. And what message are you sending with the behavior? So they gave us a little time to, to go off by ourselves and be thinking about it. And I'll never forget the moment when I realized the message I was sending when I would come home from church. So just picture if you would, we'll just say it's a Tuesday night. I get in, you know, maybe nine o'clock at night. I walk in and I get to my recliner and I grab the remote. And I, maybe I'll get um, like a Diet Coke or something to drink. And I will put the recliner up, I will turn on the TV and I send the message to everyone in the house and what do you think the message is? That's it. Leave me alone. I didn't have to say a word. But my actions were like, talk to the hand, right? And so, you know, I go back to the, the seminar itself, and they said, okay, with that idea in mind, is that behavior sending the message that you want to send? And of course, I don't want my kids or my wife to think, leave me alone. So then the second part was, what behavior will send the message that you really want to send? Once, once again, we were kind of sent to, to go in and do some thinking and praying about it. And I thought this. When I come home, the first thing I want to do when I walk in is to go find my wife, Kristen, and give her, quote, 10 minutes of, of my undivided attention. 
And so I started doing that. And, uh, and I'll say, I think the kids and Kristen and hopefully me, it now was reinforcing a truth that I really felt that my wife is important. Now, mind you, after I did the 10 minutes, I'd go say hi to the kids, and then I would get to my recliner, and I'd have my remote and my Diet Coke and all was well. But just think about it. What does your behavior, what does my behavior say to the people around us? That's what God is putting on my heart. Now, when we think about God, his behavior says it so loud and clear about what he thinks about people like you and me. So I'm going to go back, um, back in time, Michelangelo, his depiction of creation. And I want you to, you know, if you, if you know the book of Genesis and you know the story of creation, you know that he didn't say a lot, but he did a lot. He said, remember, creation, let there be, and then there was. But when he got to the creation of humanity, he said, let us make man in our image. And so as we just picture that moment, God, the object of his creation, the object of his love, the focal point of what he did, you know, beautiful Garden of Eden, beautiful animals, beautiful uh, trees and all the different things that he created, but there was something different about this. And his action, his behavior of breathing into the nostrils the breath of life sent a message loud and clear that there's something very unique, something very precious, something very intimate with humanity that is not the same with any other part of creation. So breathing into the nostrils, that's pretty intimate, very intimate. So what we find is, you know, the God of the universe wants to have this very personal relationship with humanity. Now, how well did that go? Well, again, the story, God put him in the Garden of Eden, God said enjoy, but he said don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden because if you eat from it, you're going to die. Well, they eat from it. Then what? Well, let me bring you to Genesis 3.8. And remember when Adam and Eve uh, sinned, when they ate from the, the tree, they, they went to hide. But here's what we have in the account. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Do you get it? While Adam and Eve tried to distance themselves from God, so you saw the, the Michelangelo, right, the connection part, what they decided to do when sin came was run the other way and go hide from God. But what did God do? What was his action that showed his heart? He went to find him. He was pursuing humanity. He was not content with sin and death and separation. God could have very easily took a step back and said, forget you. 
But there's something about it, his love for humanity, his love for people like you and me, that he is relentless. He will do whatever it takes to restore the relationship with him, to reconnect us with him. And when we look back into history, and you go into the Old Testament, you see story after story after story where God's people were seeing this and getting it. I think about the servant, King David. And Psalm 23 is probably his um, most famous psalm that he wrote. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. But take a look at this. This is David's understanding based on the behavior and the actions of his God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So while I'm on this earth, God keeps coming. He keeps following me. He brings mercy and goodness and grace. That's who he is and how he loves. But then he, he adds a little bit more to it. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And if we take a moment to think about what he's really getting at, it's not a building, but it's the presence. Because of God's relentless love, because he loves us so much, because he pursues us, He's, I'm blessed on this earth, but I'm also blessed forever and ever and ever. So David got it, and it was the message of the Old Testament. But it was also the message of the New Testament. When you look at the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see God pursuing humanity. He's coming on this earth. He's put in a baby form, right, with skin on, and he's living amongst everyone. He grows up amongst everyone. And then when we see his public ministry, who did he pursue? Everyone. The broken, the marginalized, the Jew, the Gentile. It didn't matter. His actions demonstrated that God loves all people. And so when we see his life and then we understand his death and we understand being in the tomb for three days and then rising on the third day, we get the heartbeat, okay, the action of God by his words as well. Matthew 28, right? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. So take this message of God and who he is and how he loves and bring it to the whole world. Everyone gets to know this. But there's also what we've seen so far in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it, it mirrors Matthew 28 very much. But he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, in other words, take what you know, take this good news that God pursues people, and now you get to go and tell people all over the place. Now, that's been the story of the book of Acts, right? And, and that's, this is what we're doing. I found a, um, a, a graphic, so to speak, of a tree that I think really symbolizes the journey that we've been on and the journey that we're continuing. So we have, the title is Acts, the church is born. And if you look at the foundation, the root, okay, it's Jesus. And as Jesus was leaving this earth, he promised the Holy Spirit, 
And then we find that Holy Spirit coming on Peter and John and the, and the disciples, right, in a very profound way. And in the first six chapters, we see Jerusalem. This is like, this is where the Jewish people really dwell and exist. And so the first six chapters, we see this message of God's love being shared there. But then we, last week, talked about the stoning of Stephen. And one of the things that God used in such a tragic event was that the followers were so scared, they scattered. And if we look at it and we say, wow, this is like a big failure. This is going to be the, the death of the church. No, God's Spirit used, it, used the, the scattering to expand the message. So as all these believers started going all over the place, so did the Word of God so did God's spirit. And so it started to expand. Um, you know, we pause here in, in uh, chapter 15. Or actually, back up here. Uh, so Stephen, but remember, the, the church was growing so fast and furious that they needed to bring some more people into the ministry. And so we have Stephen, we have Philip, who we're going to look at tomorrow. Um, and um, the gospel just keeps going out. We get to the Jerusalem Council, and I'll explain that to you another time. They were just trying to address some of the concerns. But then we get to Paul, and you know, maybe you know part of his story, but he was Saul, he became Paul. He was Saul, the Christian killer, he became Paul, I mean, the ambassador. He went all over the place. He had three main missionary journeys, and historians today will say the amount of of miles he traveled without the means that we would have today was a miracle. He got the message in Galatia, in Asia Minor, and in Greece. It just, it just got out there and was instrumental in creating what we know today. So here's a, a beautiful story, a beautiful picture of all that was going on. So if you are astute, you could be sitting there saying, that's really great. That's 2,000 years ago. So what? Okay. Well, I believe God's word is eternal. I believe God's word has lots of meaning and impact. And so I'd like to do something and have your permission. I tweaked the Acts chapter 1, verse 8 passage. And it goes like this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Columbus and in all Nebraska, and the United States, and to the ends of the earth. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I want you to be thinking that the word you doesn't only refer to the disciples 2,000 years ago, but it would be, but Jim Thielen will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on him, and I will be a witness in Columbus and I can insert all of your names because that's the, the intent of this message that God is trying to say. So I want to invite Randy Longacre behind the curtain. He's some kind of wizard or something. Yes, I've been yeah, hiding come, back there. Come, come on up here. And um, I want to take you on a little journey. Some of you may or may not know Randy. Um, somehow he got to Columbus in October of last year, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? What happened? Did you make a wrong turn? Well, no. We threw a dart at the Atlas and it hit Columbus and so we came. 
Okay. Yeah. There's more to the story more than to that. that. Go ahead. Jane and I were uh, in the midst of two years of just kind of being moved by the Spirit, you know, a poke here, a prod there, um, a learning that came our way, and for over a two-year period, just kind of a, a holy discontent was growing in us. And we were praying through that and looking for what might that mean. You know, we had a couple of desires for a smaller town, a different climate. We came out of the deserts of Arizona and we're ready for something new. And I, I have been drifting in and out of going to seminary for, I don't know, 30 years. And in a, the opportunity to go into this SMP program all of a sudden was real and right in front of me. And it just happened to collide with, with your call to come here. And so as we continued to pursue that, I was here last June when Jim was installed. Jane and I came back in August and we just spent time in the community and we met some of the really, really fine people here in this faith community called 1C. Got home in August and there, it just kind of accelerated that this was God's call for Jana, for me. And so we packed up, we sold, and here we are. Now, part of this is Randy came from my installation, which was back in June. Mm -hmm. And then even with your visit with uh, your wife, Jana, coming here, when you met the people of 1C and you met the Columbus thing, he just started noticing there's something really unique about the people of 1C and what's going on in Columbus. And some of it has to do with the 13-year history or almost 14. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the things that were happening at that point? Well, you know, there's, you... yeah, I mean, th there are um, 13 years of stories before I got here, so I'm not a keeper of all those, but I certainly heard some of them. And the big picture is, is that from the outset, 1C was a faith community that had a mission focus. This was where they wanted to be. Reach those on the margins, reach those who were unchurched. And so as opportunities came to kind of enter into that, um, 1C folks did that, the launch team and those that came along. And there were opportunities to feed the hungry and to help those who were struggling in other areas. There were Bibles that were taken to um, the jails and to SOS. There's just a, a heart, an awareness, an intentionality that we will be this kind of church. We will be a mission-focused church. I just found that extremely attractive and wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, and so to transition, so he saw that it, it's something that was actually woven into the DNA of his life, this idea of outreach. So I think the two started kind of doing a, a moving and a stirring to the point of, hey, let's, you know, let's move to Columbus, right? So here's the transition. This is a Bible verse that God put on Randy's heart. So why don't you talk about that, take us through what you're seeing with that scripture. Well, you know, it's kind of in the context of here we are in a, a global pandemic, and, you know, it's an understatement to say it's shaken up all of our lives in multiple ways. But I'm thinking about the church. I'm thinking about our church, 1C. I'm thinking about the church universal. And here is God saying this, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And he is making a new way. 
all across Columbus, all across Nebraska, all across the United States, all across the globe. And you could say we're in this wilderness called a pandemic in that we are in one way or another experiencing this daily dose of disruption in our lives. But God is making a way through all of that that there's going to be growth and new possibilities in the midst of it. So a couple things that have happened since, I don't know, March. Um, a few of us just had an idea of let's meet once a week, not a big plan, not a lot of strategic planning. Let's meet in the parking lot and then just begin to walk the neighborhoods around the church and pray for those people in those homes. And on occasion, someone would be out mowing the yard or watering flowers or whatever, and we'd have an opportunity for a conversation. And that's still going on. And that kind of grew into just this concern for businesses that began to spring up in the midst of the COVID. Are they going to make it? Some of us were very concerned about Columbus, the business community. So we began to go to the businesses and ask for permission to pray on their property. If a manager that was there or an owner was there or employees, they would come out and join us. And now that's kind of expanded even more to um, how can we lean in on the downtown revitalization of our community. A lot of businesses are already doing that. But how does, how does prayer, how does, the, how does God's people praying for the revital, revitalization of their community become a kingdom building activity? Don't know yet. But there's people who are interested in doing that, and that to to me and to some other some other as of that's that's outreach. Yeah, and and back up just a little bit as we think about this uh, new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Some of you know this, some of you don't. The heartbeat of the launch team, the heartbeat of those who were first part of One C, was to never own a church building. Let's be in storefronts and things like that. But God opened the door for this to have a facility like this. And as a result of it, just think of some of the events that have taken place. Maybe go through some of those where if yeah. we didn't have this facility, we wouldn't be able to have a certain kind of outreach. Yeah, this is an outreach to the community. And a lot of you out there know about Night to Shine. You've been around or leaned in to help on the, the community Thanksgiving meal. Um, we open up our space for uh, the community craft fair. Um, in the fall, and the trunk or treat. So these are kind of major events that go on when the community is here on our campus, and that's, we are saying, yes, you're welcome. Come in. Yeah, and, and one thing that also took place because we have a facility that we do is the live streaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in November when we talked as a leadership team and we made this commitment to live stream, we had no clue of something called COVID-19. <laughs> so that when we closed down, quote, the doors, we were able to take what we have and, and put it out into Columbus, Nebraska, the country, and this world. So that's a new thing that God knew in advance that we had no clue. So we were kind of clueless. Um, some other things that happened as a result of COVID-19, um, as I think of this new thing, there was a family in, our, in the congregation that was moved. I mean, they were, they were feeling so blessed um, themselves, but also aware that there are families and people who are really struggling financially. So there was this matching gift given of $5,000 with the intent of helping people who are in need. 
And so if you heard the word matching gift, we're still looking for people to match that 5,000 so that we would have 10,000 to be able to help people who, and again, I got a call just yesterday. You know, they're still trying to get back to work and still trying to figure it out. They need gas and, and they need some food. So just opportunities like, like that that are, are very present. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way that one of the things that I think COVID has done is it's kind of called us out. It's, you know, the opportunities are there to continue our ministries, but maybe to kind of look at our methods in a new way. You know, our methods of doing ministry have got to change, and they are changing. And it's pretty exciting to see. You know, I want to just say a quick word about, you know, coming in as the SMP, the specific ministry pastor. Um, the focus area that, that I feel called to lean into is this area of outreach. You know, we have this up in and out. That's our, that's our mission. And I'm going to focus on the out. So in this forum, I just want to say that if you're sitting out there and you've got something going on in here, let's talk because there's ideas, there's things that you have, and we need to find out what those are and figure out how we can put them into play. Yeah, and, and it goes back to that idea of Acts 1-8, how God is going to give his Holy Spirit to you and to me. So when I think about, you know, Randy's role of, of, of outreach ministry, we, we have two options. One, we could sit back and say, oh, good, he can do it all by himself. Not a right perspective, right? The second one is, we can do this together because this is our calling together. And this comes as a result of the Spirit working. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how old you are. God is working. In fact, yeah. a story, right? Uh, about your granddaughter. Why don't you fill in the blanks? So my, my daughter and um, her little girl were here last week visiting, and Annabelle was wanting to paint. And so I have some watercolors and some paper and some brushes, and I set her up to paint. And she creates this thing, and I come to look at it later, and I say, so Annabelle, tell me what this is all about. So I'm, I'm going to give you kind of the what it's all about. We've got a little video of Annabelle here in a second. It might be a little difficult to hear, but this is what was in that great little brain of hers. Was the picture represented just kind of chaos, but in the middle of that chaos, you're going to see this blue cross. And I said, Annabelle, what does that mean? She says, well, it means that life is chaotic, but there's always the presence of God. He's in the midst of the chaos. And it just struck me that maybe that could fit in with what we're talking about today. So let's see that video and... Hello, everybody. My name is Annabelle Smith, and I'd like to give you all a message today. So the painting that my grandpa is going to show you is a painting of a very messy background. It's a lot of different colors mixed together and it kind of doesn't look great. It's supposed to represent chaos. And then in the middle, there's something that looks like it's a section divider. But what it really is, is a blue cross. This is to represent God, to show that God shines through even when there's chaos. I hope that you guys will all keep this message in mind. Thanks for watching. And there it is. 
So there's, there's the chaos, and Annabelle was saying, well, it might look like I drew this to, you know, in quadrants, but what was in her mind was to paint this cross that represented, you know, God shines through in the chaos. Yeah. So uh, give you an, um, a little per perspective. In two weeks, Randy starts orientation for the SMP, specific ministry pastor. So it's kind of a beginning for him. And after the orientation, we'll be up here and we'll be praying and laying hands on and asking God's leading and guiding. So um, looking forward to the partnership that we're going to have with Randy and Randy with all of us as we take this message beyond. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm going to stand up and I want to come towards you and I want you to, to keep in focus this picture. I hope you relate. And I think being, sometimes it means just looking in the mirror. When I think about this chaos that's going on all over, you know, around, that is our world, isn't it? I mean, our personal world. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are struggling with the chaos of, of health issues, the chaos of relationships, the chaos of financial stress. I mean, there's so much chaos going on, and then you just kind of turn on the news, and you see it. it, it's, it, it it's there. And the, the part that I hope you understand is that Christ came into the chaos, in the middle of the chaos, to help people like you and me. But he also came into the chaos to help all people. Your, your family members who may not know this Jesus. Your co-workers, your classmates, um, people that you bump into at the grocery store. Um, maybe all they know right now is the chaos and, and, and it hurts. And there's despair that follows. And I just want to challenge all of us that as God's people, blessed and redeemed, people who have been given a hope that, you know, we just know won't disappoint us even if life does, there are people who do not know this yet. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? And I'm, I'm going to ask you, today and tomorrow for some time, start praying about this. In your prayers, give thanks to God for what he has done for you and that you know him and that you have faith in him. But then the second part of the prayer is, Lord, I get it. I'm supposed to be your witness Bring to mind the people I am to witness this truth to. And just know this, the God who is faithful and has loved you will be faithful in giving you what you need to share this good news so more and more people can have this. And it's not just a symbol. It's God's action and behavior that is speaking volumes. So may God's spirit give us the faith to move. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that you are ever-present in the chaos in our lives and the chaos around us. Prayers for strength this week. Prayers for continued healing for Chris Robbins after his surgery. Prayers for my mom and her PET scan on Tuesday that we will get answers and that she will soon be feeling well again. Prayers for our daughter Kayla in her wedding and reception coming up on Saturday. Prayers for peace and forgiveness to those that have hurt us and not attending. Prayers that this love that lives in us from God is evident during this time, this week, and always. Prayers for healing after surgery for my dad, helping him in his recovery at home. Prayer for my son, Sawyer. Today is his 21st birthday, blessings on his birthday, but also that God has divine care as Sawyer explores the perks of being of legal age. Prayers that he doesn't fall into the traps or get entangled into the temptations he's not experienced in avoiding. Prayers of gratitude to lessen this church and the people God has placed in my path. Prayers for guidance in my son's legal issues. Prayers for Barb Babel, hips to get stronger. Prayers for my father-in-law who is currently at UNMC undergoing cancer treatment. Prayers that the treatment will be successful and he'll be healthy enough for a bone marrow transplant. And prayers also for my mother-in-law who cannot be with him during this difficult time. And a prayer, Lord, for safe travel for my children today. Prayers for healing and strength. Prayers for my friend's husband. Thank you, Lord, for a diagnosis, and please help him allow and follow the doctor's orders to heal quickly and put a hedge of protection around my family and friends. Please keep us healthy and safe. Prayers to help us guide us down the paths that you have laid out for us. Father, we thank you for all the prayers that have been spoken here today and the unspoken ones on our hearts all of our cares and needs and wants that you know what we need and, and that you care for us Lord and we just thank, that you, thank you that we can come to you and lay them at your feet join me as we say the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, we've been going through the book of Acts, but I want to bring you back to um, Acts chapter 2. And you look at those first followers, and what was it about them that God used to create this thing called um, Christianity and this movement? Well, here's, here's some words. It says, and they devoted themselves, this is those first followers, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. There are those who look at that portion of Scripture and say, hmm, 
isn't this the discipline of a Christian faith? You know, the word of God, communion, the gift of prayer, gathering together. In fact, it goes on a little bit further talking about how they kept coming together in, you know, in worship. I think those were things that just, again, built the church on a foundation that was not going to be shaken even though there was trial and trouble and chaos. So this gift of Holy Communion, I just think this is the genius of God. He is so smart. He knew that people like you and me would have the chaos of life, and we need a weekly reminder that he is in the middle and that he loves us. So I want to invite you to please take out your elements at this time, and I want to share with you what's called the words of institution. And these are words we find in the Bible. This is what Jesus said in that upper room about 2,000 years ago. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So if you would, open up the bread section first. And if you would, take it. Take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would, open up the wine or the juice. This is the blood of Jesus. And if you would, take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. Your response to humanity, your behavior, your action, speaks volumes about how you love us. We thank you for this meal that was given out of love and received by faith. We thank you that your son is truly present. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins that is given in this meal. We thank you that you strengthen our faith. And we thank you that this is another reminder of how you are present even when there's chaos. So thank you again for all these gifts you give because you love. And Lord, may this all be to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
If you have not had a chance to download the Church Center app yet, we encourage you to do, do so. It, as you can see, it's a really easy way to check into worship. You can also find groups to join, register for events, um, give online. It's really a great way to stay connected to the life of the church. If you have any questions about the app or getting it downloaded, getting connected on it, please see me after worship. I'd love to help you with that as well. Also, if you're worshiping online with us, you can check in from your living room or wherever you're worshiping. Um, and let us know that you're worshiping with us. Uh, next announcement, we have a new disciple launch, August 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. That's a Sunday evening. It's an opportunity for, for us to share with you our history, our mission, our beliefs um, here at 1C. If you'd like to learn more, whether you're new to 1C or you've been coming for a long time um, and would love to have that conversation with you. Randy, you have an announcement for us? Yeah, do I get that awesome dance music when I download the app? Um, no, but I can send it to you. Thank you. Please send that to me. I appreciate that. Um, blood donor drive coming up, I think, next week, 9 to 2. It's going to be over in the multi-purpose room. 
Uh, some of us know that as the high school area. It's um, entered through, that, through those doors east of the broken mug. All the information is up there. You can also find that on the church app, right? It should be up, up there. So, you know, if you're inclined to be a blood donor, greatly appreciated. Thanks. Yes. And as we go, we go with God's blessing, know that, knowing that he blesses us to be a blessing to others. And so receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Please rise for our last song. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Peace. One, two. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control.
Keep on. 